never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that realized it can get away with just about anything as long as Steve is babysitting. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. Hey, What's man. up? Um, not much. It's been a week, let me tell you. Um, uh, yeah, I know, I know about that. <laughs> yeah, I and it's been a very hot week. Like I feel like the temperature just keeps going up, and it's been a day where I've been like, you walk outside and you're just like, oh gosh. Yeah, I, I I made the mistake of mowing the lawn today, and it was brutal. I felt like I was going to pass out by the time I was uh-huh. done. So. Well, I will say, and I know I mentioned it before, but I do work in law enforcement, and let me tell you, today was a great day for wearing Kevlar. Holy cow. Uh, oh, yeah, I couldn't imagine. It's like, 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 like a portable <laughs> sauna, if you will. Um, <laughs> at any rate, um, let's jump into the nerd stuff that everyone wants to hear us talk about. And I'm going to preface this real quick. Today is we're being much better about our, we're on this new track of being more current with our reviews, more current with our news, and have everything out immediately. So we're recording, and then this episode drops the following Monday as opposed to waiting a week. The catch to this caveat is the fact that today is 621, June 21st, 2022. It is the day before the Obi-Wan Kenobi finale. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So unfortunately, and this is all Peter's fault that we're recording when we're recording, So we had to record a little bit early, um, so our Obi-Wan Kenobi finale review will be next week. So, sorry, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I just I just had one of those busy weeks where uh, this was the best day it was going to work, so it's all sorry good, about man. that. But It's all good. Um, I'm, just ex- I'm just really excited to watch Obi-Wan and see this finale. Um, I don't know what the runtime is yet, but rumors floating around that it's a massive episode, meaning it could be much Crazy. longer ones. Which we're getting to a point where television is no longer just television. It's like mini movies every time you sit down in front of the TV, which is awesome. Um, Yeah. The length of Stranger Things episodes. um, Yeah, it's crazy. So um, let's jump right in. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to comment on that. I just think it's really cool. Like the idea (laughs) that TVs, like TV shows doesn't have to be um, strictly like an hour or half an hour long. And it can kind of you can make an episode as long as it needs to be. It's just a really cool idea. And then also relating to uh, us reviewing the Obi-Wan finale late, it'll just be a throwback to our old release schedule. Really? <laughs> like you hear our review a week later than normal. So there you go. <laughs> We're three episodes into this. Let's be a little more on time. And you want to call a throwback already? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you said it was it's been a week and uh, I completely relate because I've just been keeping myself super busy and I don't think I've watched or read anything at all. Um, but there oh. was a couple things in the world of pop culture that I did witness that I'm 
pretty excited about, so I kind of did want to mention a few things, but my watching and reading will be super short. Uh, The first thing I wanted to mention is uh, there's this artist on Twitter that I wanted to give a shout out. Uh, The artist is named Creepy Duck Designs, and uh, this is a movie poster artist. But uh, essentially, the reason I wanted to give this guy a shout shout out is because I guess it's been announced that Scream 6 will be taking place in New York City, which is actually pretty interesting since Scream, I feel like all the movies have taken place on, on the West on the West Coast, actually. Yeah, so let me ask you one question before you go any farther. Is he the one who did the poster that got released this week with the knife? Yeah, yeah. So okay. he's been, I don't that think he's... a gorgeous he's... poster, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely. So... Essentially, I don't think he's at all affiliated with the with the with Scream 6 or uh, the production or anything. I think he's just making fan posters. But when he heard when he heard that it was going to be set in New York City, he made this really cool poster that has uh, the first one he made was it has Ghostface standing there and he has a knife in his right hand raised up towards the sky and in, in his left hand, he has a skull that's down by his side. And when you look at it, you realize he's standing in the Statue of Liberty pose. And then in the background, there's the New York skyline behind him. And it's such a cool, like, it's such a good idea for a movie poster that I feel like I've never seen before. And I was just like, that's genius. That's iconic. Like, they need to do that. And then uh, the second one he did was... It was basically like the New York skyline, but then out of the ground, instead of a uh, skyscraper, there's the giant uh, scream knife. <laughs> like it's the, the knife from Scream, but it's just massive, like as one of yeah, the skyscrapers. It, it and it's like, just it so like cool. They, they took the Avengers Tower out and put a big knife in place. In it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, or maybe like the Empire States building or I'm not sure which building I don't know exactly that, it is. But the one with the city is a gorgeous poster. Um mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's cool. I didn't realize I don't know if I was looking more when I, you know, you bring up the artist. I don't know if I looked that deep into it, but I was like, this is a really cool slick post. (laughs) Absolutely. So that is Creepy Duck Design on uh, Twitter. So check him out. He's got some cool stuff. Uh, The only other thing I wanted to mention is uh, the manga Berserk has. And this is actually a a story that's a few weeks old, but I figured I'd mention it because uh, I'm really low on watching and reading this week. But uh the manga Berserk um, is coming back. So I don't know if it was a year within like the last two years, like a year or two ago, we talked about um, the passing away of the manga artist Kentaro Miura, who uh, he's the artist and writer behind Berserk. Mm-hmm. And this is one of my favorite mangas uh, ever. And uh, I actually think this I actually think he was one of the best um just comic artists in general that I've ever seen, but he passed away and he has this, uh, this manga berserk. That's this really dark epic fantasy story. And he was never able to finish that story. But the cool thing is, um, if you know, like the manga industry, every artist has a team working around them. And he had his whole story outlined and laid out. So he basically has this team that, is basically taking over production of the manga and uh, the story of Berserk's actually going to finish, which is awesome. And like, it's one of those things, I think of it kind of akin to uh, Game of Thrones, where everybody wants George to finish that last novel. Like, when are you going to finish it? Geez. And I feel like Kentaro Miura kind of did something right where 
he had everything in place where if he passed away, his story can actually finish and he has it in the hands of people he trusts. And uh, reading about this, I just got super excited and um, I'm self-admittedly behind on the manga, but it's making me really like it's lighting a fire under my butt to actually catch up because I think this is one of the more interesting stories um, within just comics and manga and anime and all that. So I thought I'd bring it up, especially since I, uh, I gushed about Kentaro Mira's art a lot when uh, he passed away, um, whether it was last year or the year before, I can't remember exactly, but really, really exciting news. So, um, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, otherwise that's about it for me. So, uh, what do you got? (laughs) Well, I, uh, the one video game that I religiously play and I can't for some reason, it's almost to the point where it's the only video game I play anymore is Elder Scrolls Online. Um, I got, I got sucked into that big time and uh, the new expansion dropped today. So yeah. I said, do you want to do a podcast on Tuesday? I was like, eh, I wanted to play Elder Scrolls, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the game will always be there. So yeah, <laughs> um, I will probably, I will probably tinker around a little bit with it after we get done. Um, so that, that dropped out today. I'm just really excited to check it out. Just new story content, new area to explore, um, you know, new game mechanics that they put in there. I'm just, yeah, I'm just really excited for that. Um, nice. I did get a chance to watch a bunch of stuff. So cool. Um, I am. I have one episode left of Stranger Things. Uh, nice. The current season. So <laughs> season four, part one. I have one episode left. Um, the only reason I didn't watch it is because as I got up early, I couldn't sleep. I, the sun woke me up, which is one of the reasons why I hate summer, because I'm one of those people who likes waking up in the dark because my eyes can adjust. Yeah. And, and I'm not like it's like when the sun wakes, like when those I go people camping, are known as vampires, by the yes, way, they are. Yes, they are. when I go camping, the sun waking me up is not an issue. When I am in my own bed and the sun wakes me up, it's like, no, go away. I need like 20 more minutes. You know what I mean? But when I wake up in the wintertime in the dark. You're just like, oh, sweet, and you can just roll over and go back to sleep. In the summertime, sun wakes you up. You cannot go over and go back to sleep because the sun is there waking you up. Yeah. Um, any rate, uh, so I got up one morning, and I started, like, watching Stranger Things. I'm like, ooh, no one's up. I'm just going to binge through some of these episodes. Nice. And I got to the point where I was like, okay, the final episode is an hour and 40 minutes. I'm going to have to put that one aside for right now. Um, okay. It was the length of the episode that made me not watch it. And I'm like, I need, like, people are starting to wake up. I need to not have distractions. Um, I absolutely love what I'm seeing so far. I'm having a lot of fun with the episode. Uh, My only quibble with the show right now is the Hopper stuff, I feel, is a little too much of a slow burn. Okay. Because it's very clear to me where we're at, where I'm at in the show. It's very clear to me what we were building towards. The slow burn doesn't bother me as much, but there were parts that I'm like, can we just move this part along? Because I want to get back to the kids. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that. I actually felt that way with some of uh, some of Eleven stuff and like her backstory. Um, I felt like some of that was going a little slow where I just wanted to know what are the kids going? What are the kids doing? What's going on with Mike and Will and what's going on with the other group of kids, like with Dustin and Lucas and uh, where everybody's at. But um, yeah, I'm glad you're liking it. I've, I thought the season was pretty great so far. So, yeah. So because I haven't watched the final episode yet, I did not watch the stranger things season four, part two trailer yet, which I'm, I will watch. I just didn't want to see anything that 
was going to screw me up. So I was like, Ooh, I, I probably shouldn't have seen that. Um, I did. I did check that out, and I will say that everything I've seen looks really epic. It looks really exciting. I'm super stoked for everything, but I don't think I saw anything in the trailer that I didn't expect to see. So I don't think it really spoiled much. I do think you should wait till you watch that final episode. But as far as what to say about the trailer, um, there's not necessarily a ton to expound on. It just, it looks good. It looks kind of what I'm expecting and it looks like it's going to be a really fun ride. Uh, I do want to ask you, so I mentioned this season, there was one episode that I just keep thinking about because I feel like it's one of the best episodes of television I've I've ever seen. And that was episode four this season. Um, What did you think of that? And that's the episode where, um, I was uh, going to say, I was going to just say I binged them. I started watching so many back to back. Just refresh me on which one episode four was. Oh, so so episode four is the one that focuses on Max and when she's brought into the upside down and like she ends up going into oh. uh, Vecna's house oh, and stuff like yeah, that. And, and that's where she's and that's when they have to like. Yeah, that's when they like learn about the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Um, what I really, really liked about that is this is that thing that we were talking about before where Stranger Things, there's more stuff that's been going on in Hawkins than we've known about. Like, we're finding out all these backstory stuff in the town. Like, the weird happenings have been blamed on lots of things. Dude's a serial killer. No, he wasn't. He didn't actually touch his family. You know what I mean? It really was a demon. Like, all these things. Um, and learning that stuff is absolutely is a lot of fun because of that thing I talked about. Stranger things have happened. Um, And the and it was funny because they got to the point where they figured out because Max started drawing her visions from that moment. Mm -hmm. It was the very next episode. She started drawing all those. visions. She and um, I want to say it was Mike's sister was like, wait, I think this is, and she started piecing it together. Yeah. The house. Um, I knew when you, like, it was very clear to me that that was the house, the upside down version of that house um, when they were in there. The staircase matched. And I was like, oh, that's the staircase. Um, you know, I, I so I caught that right away. But the idea, it makes me wonder if Vecna really is the real big bad. Like, he really is... Um, the ultimate villain in this five season show. I only say that because we have another season coming. Um, so seeing Max traverse that area and everything was just, it was mind blowing to kind of watch. And I loved seeing Chrissy. And then I forget the other, the dorky kid. I forget what his name is. Um, him, tra- them trapped in like those pillars. Um, um, but that was, it was just awesome. Like the whole thing was awesome. Um, I don't know if I'd say it's the best episode of television I've ever seen, but it was awesome. <laughs> I just I just thought it was so good. Like the them having to bring Max out of it with the uh, Walkman and everything like that was such an exciting climax. But then I also think of that was the episode that had the um, FBI or government raid on the um, yeah. on like the buyer's house. And like that was so that was like out of nowhere, but that was like so suspenseful and like it might just play into my tastes a lot too, because I just really love stranger things. But 
I rem- I just keep thinking about that episode. I was like, that was just so good. Like, even if the rest of the season sucked, I was really <laughs> glad that we got that episode. Um, One yeah. thing that's making me laugh a little bit is um, they've been very uh, pro D&D in the entire show, from the beginning of the series all the way to now. They've been very pro Dungeons & Dragons, which has been kind of fun just for that nerd pop culture stuff. However, Dungeons & Dragons during the 80s, got had a really bad rap of it being this Satan's yep. thing, and it's because of religious groups, if I'm going to be, like, kind of not put anyone under the bus, but religious groups who didn't know what it was, didn't understand what it was, disagreed with it, and started talking about how it promotes Satanistic, ritualistic things. Yeah. And it's basically people who didn't know what they were talking about and made an accusation and it stuck. So the game, a, a game got uh, demonized the way it did. Um, so they covered that at the beginning of the show. And I thought that was really bold of them to cover it. And now we're in the part where they're covering it in a real big way um, where, you know, they're forming like like riot groups over this thing. You oh, know, yeah. How the parents yeah. are the parents are like, what is going on? So I'm really, and like I said, I only have one episode to go, but part of me is like, what is going to happen there? And it has me really curious about the parents who just, they don't know, and they got to try and understand their kids and like that connection. I'm really curious to see how that plays out. So I, that's actually really cool that you said that. And uh, yeah, I think that's a good thing to keep in mind because with all the crazy stuff that's going on, that's an easy thread to, um, to forget about, but it's just kind of funny. They have a, the character Eddie, who I think he's like almost like the 80s satanic panic mascot. You know, he's a dungeon master and he's like a metalhead and stuff like that. And of course, all the parents would hate him. So that's actually like a really interesting way to look at it, that he'd be the 80s like satanic panic uh, scapegoat um, for everybody. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're liking it. I didn't know if you had anything else to uh, comment on or if I'm not sure we're going to dive deep after you watch this next episode as well. I don't have too much more to say right now because I don't want to like, I don't want someone sitting here going, well, you haven't watched the next episode yet. You know what I mean? Like one of our (laughs) listeners is like, well, you're behind. So you can't really intelligently talk. Yeah. Well, Um, the the last thing that I wanted to say before we move on is a spoiler warning for Stranger Things 4. (laughs) (laughs) After we went in in depth about it. Right. Um, you know what? Here's the thing. If you're listening to this show, we're going to we're going to talk about this stuff. You know what I mean? So, so. yeah. yeah. Um, OK. The other thing that I watched is I am current on Miss Marvel. Uh, OK, I haven't even started this yet. So, OK, Enlighten so me. <laughs> well, right now I've only seen the first two episodes, which I think the third episode drops tomorrow with Obi-Wan. Um, and it right now it's an origin story no different than any Marvel origin story they've ever told. And I don't want to say it's cookie cutter or uniform. It's here's an origin story for a new character. Okay. That it's very clear as you're watching this, that there's something bigger going on in the background. Um, They just haven't really shed light on it yet. So right now you're just following this girl who has gotten superpowers and she's trying to learn how to use them. It reminded me a lot of uh, like Tobey Maguire trying to figure out his spider powers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, okay <laughs> in a sense so like it's it's her living her life and then she gets superpowers and now she's got to learn how to use them and she has to still deal with the i'm a kid in high school and all that stuff um so it's just right now it's fun 
it's not something I would I really want to write home about, but it's the next chapter of Marvel, and we've learned that you can't skip a chapter of Marvel. And when you think to yourself, well, I didn't feel I needed to watch WandaVision, and then you watched Doctor Strange and went, oh, man, I probably should have watched WandaVision. Um, that's just a perfect <laughs> example. That's what I'm saying. It's the next chapter. Suck it up and watch it. Um, <laughs> unless you're calling it quits. Um, but right now, it's just a lot of fun. So, Absolutely. Um, I've well, also, I mean, I don't know. I said that I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, sounds. <laughs> sounds I've, awesome. also, I've also watched the first two episodes of Irma Vet, and uh, the third episode's out. I just haven't watched it yet. Um, and Irma Vep is the story. I talked about this last week. It's about the actress who she's trying to get out of the superhero blockbuster craziness. She wants to do something a little bit more. Um, I don't want to say low key, but more like because. The superhero movies are blockbusters and they're big like production stuff. And then you get some of these more niche artsy films and they can do more. And these actors can do more of like a character study and get really deep into the craft. And, you know, sometimes they want to do those lower, those yeah. low key kind of things. So this is what this actress is looking for. So she takes a she takes she gets cast as the part of this character called Irma Vep, who um, is a part of this television. It was a character in a classic an old school, like black and white classic vampire story. Um, and she, and there, and this guy is adapting it to be like a television series. So she's playing the character Irma Vep, who is, or is not one of the vampires. I haven't hundred percent figured out if she's a vampire or not. When you're watching this, it sounds like she is, but there seems to be a mystery around the character in the show. The what's interesting is Irma Vep, if you take the letters and we learned in the second episode, the letters Irma Vep rearranged spell vampire, um, which, which is kind of cool. So that's why I was like, is she a vampire? I'm not 100. I'm not 100 percent sure on this yet, but it's a lot of behind the scenes and how a television show is made. And you're seeing the shoots and you're seeing you're actually getting sometimes you're getting to see like the original footage of this movie that they're reshooting. And then they'll cut and you'll see the updated footage and then the director will yell cut and then they'll like you'll get to see all this behind the scenes stuff and everything. Um, so I'm really liking it just because I'm a film guy. You know, what yeah. I mean? it's this really cool behind the scenes kind of thing. I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, it's I almost I, I talked about this last week. I want to almost warn you that it's almost technically a foreign language film, like almost two thirds of the show is in French. So there's a lot of subtitles. Okay. There's a lot of subtitles, but you know it's it's really fun and it's really it's it's funny. There's a lot of really subtle humor too. So um, yeah, I think it's I think it's worth watching. Um, but I'm kind of curious to see how it plays out. So I'm gonna nice. I'm gonna stick with it. And I think it's gonna be a limited series as opposed to multiple seasons. I have a feeling it's not gonna be. It'll be a one season and done kind of a setup. So. Honestly, the more you talk about this one, the more I'm actually interested because I've seen it on HBO Max and I just was like, well, I don't really know what this is. <laughs> so I never, I never <laughs> gave it a chance. But the more you're talking about it, it sounds really cool. So well, I'm definitely a, keeping this on my radar. There's a trailer on it um, on HBO Max. So at the very least, watch the trailer. Thank OK. Um, and, you know, if it's not up your if it's not up your alley, it's not up your alley. I just was like, oh, it's something different than the normal stuff we usually end up talking about. So, um, but that's all I have for my watching category. Um, yeah. Nice. So want to move on to the news? 
Yeah, sure thing. Which <laughs> news isn't too horrible this week. Um, first off, first story in the news. It is officially, what, what was it, June 25th. This coming Saturday is officially the 30th anniversary of Batman Returns. Um, 30th. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, not only that, but I'm going to tell you this. I remember my memory of this is so good. I know who I went to the theater with. I know what theater I went to. I may still have the movie theater ticket. And I, I have a very vivid memory of going to see this movie in the theaters. It was the very first Batman movie I saw in a theater. Um, yeah. So I just, 30 years ago, I went and saw Batman Returns in the movie theater. And it's still one of my fa- more favorite Batman movies. It's definitely up there for me. I like that one holds a nice, uh, a soft, uh, special place in my heart, <laughs> probably because I, it's the first one I saw in the theater. So, so, so one thing you're making me think is, um, because we did an episode, and this might be too inside baseball, but we did an episode specifically about the 89 Batman, where we did a deep dive talking all about it. And I wonder if we should do a bonus episode just about Batman Returns. And at this point, it would probably come out late, because like you said, the third oh, yeah. anniversary is right around the corner. A, but... We could just do a bonus episode of Batman Returns, but that means we're both going to have to watch the movie. Or... <laughs> right. or... Or I'm going to have to turn it on real quietly in the background so I can talk about the stuff behind me. So, um. <laughs> Well, I'm not saying do it right now, but it seems like it'd be a kind of a cool idea um, yeah. just every once in a while. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of DC, well, first off, I'm just I just think it's cool. 30 years ago, Batman Returns came out and I think and I personally think the movie still holds up. So um, but speaking of DC. OK, we need to talk about The Flash. I have been right. doing my absolute best to avoiding this conversation because, and you haven't brought it up. You have not asked me why we haven't talked about this, which is totally it's, fine. We di- we discussed it once. I know. It's, and then it was kind of like we said all that there was to be said, but <laughs> it is like an unescapable thing. And uh, no, you're right. Like you can't escape the story and it's. It, it's unescapable yeah. and it's getting weirder and weirder and yes. weirder. Um, because Ezra Miller, who plays the Flash in the films, uh, first it started with harassment, and then it started with physical altercations and assault claims and all this stuff, and now it's down to, like, kidnapping a 12-year-old? Yeah. It's getting weird enough that, according to Deadline, Ezra Miller will not be a part of any future DC projects after the Flash. Uh, Warner Brothers reportedly has no plans to work with Ezra Miller again after the Flash movie. The hope is that the scandal will remain at a low level before the film is released. So they're now at a point where they're just like, we really want to get this film out. Stop screwing around and ruining our marketing ploy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I have a feeling that the average moviegoer isn't going to know enough about the behind the scenes stuff with Ezra Miller to affect the box office. Um, I've also read reports that they might be rebranding the Flash movie as a Batman film because they know Batman sells and then they don't have to have the stink of the Ezra Miller accusations on the back end of it. Yeah. Um, which that might actually be a smart way to go because of the Michael Keaton and the Ben Affleck and all that stuff. Um, my concern would be that they're just like, you know what, we're going to have to reshoot all of his scenes, which would be really rough if they had to recast. But we might be getting another Flash soon, and to be completely honest, Barry Allen, yeah, he was the first Flash, but for a lot of people, 
their flash was Wally West because that is the flash from the Justice League cartoon. So True. if you ended up doing some weird if there's something you can do to the Flash film where Wally West becomes the main Flash and then that's your Flash, maybe that's worth maybe that's worth exploring and making the movie just a little bit longer. Um <laughs> just saying. I'm just <laughs> I'm just worried there's going to be some weird like uh, Superman mustache gate situation again, where it's like they're superimposing some other actor's mouth and eyes into Ezra Miller's Flash costume, and it just looks <laughs> really weird. Well, it's, my thing right now is just like DC cannot catch a break, and I absolutely, feel, and I feel really bad for him just in that aspect alone. So it's just like, what is what's happening? But we might be getting a new Flash. I don't hundred percent know yet, so. Yeah. 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 I think um, I remember when we first talked about Ezra Miller's uh, antics and um, I remember saying on that episode that, like, you know, I'm looking forward to this movie and I'm kind of really worried that if like his trend of behavior keeps up, that he's going to kind of put a bad name on this Flash movie we've all been looking forward to. And I feel like that's actually happening. And this and at the time I said that, I think he was kind of on the level of just like a lot of drunken belligerence and stuff. But like you said, there's like this weird, like kidnapping situation, like really kind of seedy stuff going on. And I this is much worse than when I said that this is much worse than I ever thought it would be. And I'm kind of, it's kind of just disappointing, I guess, because like (laughs) I was looking forward to this movie. Like we have Michael Keaton back. We're getting kind of this cool live action adaptation of flashpoint. Um, The director, is it Andy Muschietti or something who did like it? And he also did the movie mama. Both, both uh, films are really awesome. So I was really looking forward to this, but yeah, it's I'm kind of at a loss for words. Like when <laughs> when I said that, I hope Ed, Ezra Miller doesn't like screw this up. Like that just seems like such an understatement now. And I'm just overall just kind of disappointed <laughs> in everything. You know, I don't I don't even know what to yep. say. <laughs> I don't know what to say either. Yeah. Uh, speaking of not knowing what to say, which is a great I'm glad you said that it's a great uh, segue. Um, Nerf has a new mascot yes i saw and it's nightmarish (laughs) (laughs) i think it's awesome that you said you saw this yeah Uh, their new mascot when i say mascot like when you go to like a hockey game like you go to a blackhawks game and they have tommy hawk the big like blackhawks mascot and the mascot like cheering on the fans and shooting t-shirts into the crowds or you go to like the you know like gritty or like you know like like there's mascots out there. I'm I'm glad you brought up Gritty because Nerf's new mascot reminds me a lot of Gritty, who's the uh, Philadelphia Flyers mascot, right? Philadelphia Flyers mascot Gritty, who is nightmarishly strange on his own <laughs> and kind of becoming like he's become a pop culture icon of the fact that he's just a thing. Um, no, this Nerf one, it's his name's Murph, and he looks it's an amalgamation of Nerf darts. Yeah. Like, it's all Nerf darts. It kind of looks like a guy wearing, like, a ghillie suit made out of Nerf darts <laughs> and then, like, a jersey <laughs> over it or something. No, there's, in the picture I have, there's no jersey. It's oh, literally, like, it's literally, like, this... 
He looks like a blob of Nerf darts with arms and legs. There's no facial features at all, and he's holding two yeah. Nerf guns, and he's, like, just in a <laughs> running sprint. And I'm like, this is... <laughs> okay, <laughs> I haven't seen that that one. I The one I saw, I thought he had, like, a almost like a basketball jersey on, but the picture you're talking about looks a lot funnier and a lot more frightening, to be are honest. You, are you looking at it right now? No, no, I'm okay. just listening to your description, and I think... <laughs> It's awesome. Like it, it's just nerf darts, and like yeah, he looks like a ghillie suit, but it's like the it's like the world's like scariest Muppet come to life. There's no face, there's no eyes, there's no mouth. It's just this like nerf dart being. It's creepy. So yeah. <laughs> it's one of those like Slender Man things where like yeah. the absence of a face makes it even more frightening. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Moving on. Um. Kevin Feige, Marvel Studios' Kevin Feige reviews details on MCU's next big saga coming soon. Um, as we're as we are nearing the end of Phase Four, which I didn't really realize we were ending the end of nearing the end of Stage Four, I think people will start to see where this next saga is going. Kevin Feige stated on an upcoming Stage Five. I think there have been many clues already that are at least apparent to me of where this whole saga is going. So, this is my thoughts on this comment. Of course we're going to find out soon. Um, there's obviously a convention coming. Uh, I know D23 is on the horizon. Um, we haven't had San Diego Comic-Con yet, so they have to be announcing some things. But take a look at what Phase 1 was. It was a lot of origin story movies, and then the Big Avengers team-up film, right? Yeah. Okay. Since Endgame... Aside from a couple things like Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and WandaVision, it's been a lot of origin stories of new characters. We're learning new stuff. And like, yeah, Loki wasn't an origin story, but it's new stuff putting him in a specific direction. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and we're about to get She-Hulk, and we're in the mi- and we're in the midst of Miss Marvel right now. So we're getting to a point where we're going to have to have some kind of a shift to Phase Five, but. I really think that we're looking at Kang the Conqueror. I still believe we're looking at Kang the Conqueror um, for where this is headed. Um, I could be wrong. Might not be. However, um, in my catching up with Marvel, um, finding out there's uh, Avengers, the most current run of Avengers, very early on. Um, let me Let me pull this up real quick because this... I caught this and I was like, oh man, that's amazing. Um, is it this one? Hang on a second. Yeah, so it's the current Avengers. It's the current run of Avengers. It started in 2018, running through the present. Um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the Avengers, or whatever. That specific run, very early on, issues one through five of that series specifically talks about how the Eternals, the Celestials that created the Eternals, one of them died, got infected with a virus, landed onto Earth when there was nothing here. And when it died, the infection spread throughout the soils and stuff. And then as life began, this infection mutated, and that's how we got mutants. And then that's how we got hmm. other characters, like other enhanced that are not necessarily considered mutants the way the X-Men and stuff are. But it was really interesting to read that. I'm like, wow, that's a really 
that's a bold piece of like Marvel lore to like suddenly like learn about. Um, I, I thought it was kind of fascinating as I was reading the issues, but um, the reason I bring that up is because we just had the Eternals movie. What if that's the direction we're headed in? You know, this is, and you want, you look, if you're a comic book company or a film studio related to a comic book company, you want your readers, you want your viewers to go, I want more of that. And then to walk in a comic book store and be able to pick up a book and jump right back in with their favorite heroes. You don't, right. you want the comics to be their own thing and you want the movies to be their own thing, but you want enough of a connection to where the viewer slash reader has that correlation, if you will. So when I was reading that, I was like, Oh man, this is an interesting thing. So um, it kind of struck me as odd, but hearing Kevin Feige say we're going to learn more and maybe go, I wonder what you guys are really planning over there. And I wonder if some of these things <laughs> I'm reading are going to shed light on that we haven't seen yet. We just had an Eternals movie, you know? So, yeah. And speaking of uh, wanting more of stuff as well as um, I guess just going into the comic shop and, uh, you know, continuing, you know, you see a movie and you want to continue that adventure. So you go to the comic shop and you get some reading material. And uh, one of Marvel's most popular superhero teams is still not in the MCU. And uh, it definitely relates to the theory you were just talking about. The X-Men is not a presence in the MCU yet. So. Yeah, are they planning on bringing it in? How are they going to do it? We're all waiting to see, but uh, I think that's going to be possibly the most one of the most exciting things to happen once they actually bring the X Men in. I mean, who doesn't want to see? Are they going to use? Is it going to be like the same X Men team that we've already gotten? Are they going to be recasting people? And if they do recast people, that's going to be so exciting. Like. Who do you have for your uh, short list of, uh, you know, Wolverine fan casts and stuff like right. that's going to be I feel like if that's the direction they're going, I feel like it's kind of it's going to kind of blow up the Internet for a little while. So I don't know. Very interesting stuff. But I think the biggest problem, my personal opinion, the biggest problem with Wolverine right now is you can't cast too young because it wouldn't make sense. In any version of the character, yep. any universe version of the character, if he's too young, it won't make any sense. So, um, and I understand his healing ability makes him age slower, yes, but Hugh Jackman was like the perfect age for the character from the get-go. And as you grew with the character, he remained the perfect age all the way throughout. You know what I mean? So I just think that's one character we got to be careful of. Um, otherwise, I can't wait to see what they do. There is a rumor that Wolverine is in the Miss Marvel show. Um, it's a rumor. Um, and I don't know how true that is, but I'm definitely hoping to find out. So nice. <laughs> um, at any rate. Um, let's move on. Other things that we want more of. Game of Thrones is not only getting a prequel series, House of the Dragon, they have a sequel series currently in development at HBO, um, which will take place after the events of the show Game of Thrones, and it will focus on Jon Snow. Specifically, Kit Harington is returning. Right. Um, that's awesome. It makes me wonder who else they're going to get to return to the series. <laughs> Good call. That's the question. <laughs> and I say that because we're talking a sequel series. So... Um, I'd be really excited if a lot of them came back. 
Um, we don't know what the story is. It's such early development. It's such early development that the only thing they're allowed to tell us right now is Kit Harrington is going to play Jon Snow again. <laughs> so um, that's all I got. And Game of Thrones is a universe I want more of all the time. So I'm excited for more Game of Thrones. Absolutely. And I'm really excited to see how um, the events of season eight of Game of Thrones, like how does that resonate with Jon Snow? I feel like emotionally there's a lot of uh, growth um, that we can see from that character. And that's going to be super interesting. And um, I don't know. I'm glad that um, I know a lot of people wanted Jon Snow to be named the king um, at the end of that series. But I'm kind of glad that he's going to be more on an adventure, you know, I'd, I I feel like it'd be kind of weird to see that character um, reigning over a bunch of people. I feel like just thinking about it now, it just seems like it would be out of place. So uh, definitely really exciting, though. Yeah, um, we have a live action Hercules movie coming for Disney. Uh, OK, I should have seen that coming. Um because of all the other live action stuff coming. What I didn't see coming was that it's going to be directed by Guy Ritchie. Um, and then I thought to myself, wait, this shouldn't like, here's the thing that seems odd to me. The guy Ritchie is going to be doing a live action Hercules movie. But then again, guy Ritchie also directed the live action Aladdin movie, which was actually yeah. pretty decent sort shy of Jafar's casting. Um, so I'm all about seeing this. This sounds cool. And guy Ritchie's a great director. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Just quick, that's just a quick. <laughs> hey, live action Hercules coming. Um, Top Gun, Maverick director uh, Joseph Kaczynski. Kozin, yeah, Kaczynski. Yeah, I always when I saw it on screen the first time, I was like, how do I say that? <laughs> um, he has he is currently in the works of directing a Formula One movie. Okay. Now I don't know if Tom Cruise is in it. However, I do feel. That after Top Gun, they made Days of Thunder, <laughs> NASCAR movie, and Top Gun Maverick just came out, and they're making a Formula One movie. It's very weird. History repeats itself. However, um, Joseph Kaczynski said he has plans to use similar practical effects on the racetrack for his upcoming Formula One movie. The visual effects in Top Gun with you putting the cameras in the real jets and using them and like mounting the cameras in ways so they can get real footage of the real jets. If you're going to do that with a race car movie, that sounds awesome. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> I'm in. I'm, I'm sold. You sold me on that alone. I will totally see that movie. Um, so, yeah, I just want to bring yeah. that up. I just think that's awesome. So, no, it just it all sounds it all sounds great. And um yeah, I mean, is this a secret Days of Thunder too? That would be crazy as well. But um, who was wasn't Carrie Ellis in uh, Days of Thunder? It makes me wonder if they're gonna bring him back. <laughs> but I think I'm getting ahead of myself at this point. Um, Gary Elways was the Iceman in Hot Shots. Wasn't he in Days of Thunder as well, though? I don't think so. But you're making me want to go check it out. Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker was like seen that. The, Michael Rooker was the other, the opposing driver. Okay. Um, I'd have to double check the casting on Days of Thunder, but I, I don't. I want to say no, but could be wrong. Um, you want to hear the scary story of the week? Uh yeah. That's scarier than Murph, the Nerf mascot. Um, 
<laughs> this is our science story of the week uh, because I love hitting up a science story every now and then. Scientists have invented living skin for robots. For some reason. I saw briefly about this, and Japanese, I thought it was really weird. Japanese scientists have used human skin cells to create living, a living skin equivalent that replicates the look and touch of skin, repels water, and repairs itself when injured, much like living organisms. Okay, I'm just going to say this right now. I know that the industry, the robotics injury industry, is very excited about this. All I think of is Terminator. Period. Yeah. Like, did you guys not <laughs> see Terminator? We know that Skynet was only prevented. It's going to happen. <laughs> um, but, and that's the thing, Peter, you and I could spend an entire episode on the singularity if I just let us go off on this. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that now. Um, well, but yeah. I feel like it's every couple of weeks you bring a story like this and it just makes me think of all the science fiction writers that are just like rolling in their graves, you know, like we tried to warn you about this, but you're still doing it. Like what is going right. on? But well, I, I love, here's the thing. I love technology and I love seeing this stuff advance and it's fascinating. I love reading about it, but some of this stuff you're like, did you guys not see this movie and learn anything from it? <laughs> Absolutely. It's that it's that thing in um, Jurassic Park and Jeff Goldblum's character, Ian Malcolm, said it best. Your scientists were so occupied on if they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. That is it. Yeah. And that is it. So with that, <laughs> let's talk about tonight's list, shall we? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Peter, let's move on and roll the thing. the top five okay peter here we go it is list time this was my pick you kind of said let's talk about mandela effects and even after we stopped talking last week i thought to myself how stupid some of the mandela effects are because it's not that <laughs> it's an actual thing so much as people just remembered it wrong yeah. so yeah um, but it made me think of the Bernstein Bears situation where I always liked the idea that it's an alternate reality that bumped into ours and information bled through. And we say the, and we say it wrong because of information we got from another re, another universe, which yeah. brings us to the multiverse conversation. Multiverse is a very popular word right now. Um, it's a very popular word in the sense of we have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We're about to watch a Flashpoint movie at some point if DC can get it to our theaters before Ezra Miller destroys the planet. Um, and the multiverse is exploding, and I think a lot of people don't really – I think they understand what a multiverse is, but I don't think they fully understand what a multiverse is. What I've learned in my nerd pop culture conversations that I have – at parties and stuff is some people that I've talked to get lost when you use the word universe. Okay. Right. And the reason I say that is because we have a Marvel universe. We're not talking about movies and comics differences right now. What I'm talking about is there's a there's the Marvel universe, which has the X-Men, the fantastic four, the Avengers, Wolverine, Captain America, Iron Man, right? Spider-Man. That's the Marvel universe. You have a DC 
universe, which is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Justice League, Teen Titans, Nightwing, Robin, Joker, Penguin, Catwoman. That's the DC universe. Those two pillars form two different comic book areas, right? Now, the layman who doesn't read comic books or doesn't pay attention as an average moviegoer might on occasion get those confused. And I have several conversations where someone will be like, but wait, what about this character? And I go, wrong universe. I'm not. (laughs) Look, we all live in one big universe, but we're talking about fictional things. Right. So Spider-Man doesn't meet Batman and they don't go on adventuring together. There are comic book crossovers where writers have done those, but that's not a normal thing. So you have one universe, you have another universe. You have a Star Wars universe, which is just the existence of what happens within the Star Wars fictional universe. Okay? With those characters, those planets, those places. Same thing with Lord of the Rings. Um, And a lot of people, I think, universe has become a... I think it's become a catch-all word for letting you understand how finite something is in terms of... We're talking about the Star Wars universe right now, so this is what it encompasses. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it makes it seem smaller in a way, um, as opposed to what our brain should be thinking about how big the universe really is. A multiverse exists because of a thing called alternate realities. Now, what is an alternate reality? Okay, I'm going to read this thing I found on the Internet. Um, this comes from... Uh, dailyjstore.org, The Real Science of the Multiverse. That's what I found this from. It says, many scientists claim that mega millions of other universes, each with its own laws of physics, lie out there beyond our visual horizon. They're collectively known as the multiverse. Real-life multiverse theories include everything from branching timelines to exact copies of our world. Okay, so let me dumb this down real quick. Um, I hope you're with me right now. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I know you know what it is. Um, So let me dumb this down. There is a movie called Sliding Doors. Have you seen this, Peter? No. Okay. Movie is fantastic. You should definitely check it out. The multiverse could be a discussion about alternate timelines as well, not just an alternate reality, because an alternate timeline could technically be an alternate reality. Um. And they talk a little bit about this in Back to the Future, but there's a movie called Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, oh, a, I have I have seen this. It's actually. a phenomenal <laughs> movie. Basically, she's in this like shitty relationship with this guy, and she doesn't know he's cheating on him, and she's like on her way home from work to see him. She is getting on a subway, and the film does two things. One, it shows her getting onto the subway, and the door is closing, and she takes the subway home. Then there's another, and then the film kind of rewinds a little bit, and then you watch her not get on the subway because she was she, something stopped her, and she missed the subway. So the subway takes off, so she gets home late. So one version, she gets home and catches this guy cheating on her. The relationship blows up. She ends up having to get a whole new life, whole new thing, and she lives this, like, amazing life. And then there's another, the other version of her, so you're watching two movies at once go side by side. So you watch a little bit of one reality, then you watch the other the other reality where she didn't find out that her, this guy cheated on her, and like you see how the relationship progresses. It's really really interesting watching this movie unfold because you actually are getting to watch two movies at the same time. You watch a little bit of one, and then they show you a little bit of the other, and then they go back to the other one, and they like they kind of juxtapose the whole thing to the end. 
and you see how they eventually collide back to each other and what the real timeline was. The reason I bring that up is because the idea of the multiverse is this. For every choice I have in my life, there is a universe that exists or a timeline that exists where I chose the opposite choice. And that goes from this choice to the next choice to the next choice. And then when you jump into those realities, they made one choice, but they didn't made a different choice on the other thing, which spawned off another reality. And then they made another choice on the other thing. So there's several, every time a choice is made, the idea that another reality exists with the opposite choice and a timeline exists somewhere. Um, in the Loki television show, they kind of explained a little bit how the timeline start branching off, right? You're still with yeah. me, Peter? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so they actually start, they tried to show that visually of all the different, the variant timelines, they called it. Um, I hope I'm not confusing anybody, but I'm trying to explain the multiverse a little bit because we're moving into territories where understanding where these alternate realities come from. The reason I say the choices, the reason I'm using the choice as an example, because as your brain starts to extrapolate, well, if I made this choice, then another version of me made this choice, but that version of me made this choice and it created a whole other, like when you start doing that math, it becomes an infinite number of universes. And yeah. the reason we don't see those other universes is because the theory is, is that they all vibrate at opposite wavelengths. So we would never actually see or interact with those other re realities. Some of them could be exact copies. Some of them could be complete opposites or even bizarre versions. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is a great example because you get to see Doctor Strange in the current reality that we know, but you get to see evil Doctor Strange and zombie Doctor Strange and, you know, all these different versions of him. Um, if you read comic books, Batman's the world's greatest detective, but then on another reality, he's the world's greatest criminal mastermind. On another reality, he is the Joker. On another reality, you see what I'm saying? Like, as you get there, all these different things. So this is a big, long story to explain the fact that I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about versions of a, like multiversal <laughs> realities that we've gotten to see through pop culture that we want to see more of. <laughs> so I know that was a long-winded explanation of multiverses, <laughs> but I thought it would be helpful to discuss as we go. So, I think it's worth going over. I'm glad you ended it on wanted to see more of, because that's really the way that I approach my list, um, where I specifically chose stuff that we've only seen a glimpse of and I want to see more. And uh, that actually made it really hard to uh, approach my list. But when thinking about it, there's so many, like, especially when you go into superhero comics, there's like, if you take DC, for example, there's so many alternate Earths, for example, that we get to actually see quite a bit of depending on what comics you read. So a lot of mine are actually really like, brief moments from really random places in pop culture because i really yeah. was focusing on that want to see more of aspect of the whole thing and the way you're reacting to this i feel that i approached my the list right because that was honestly my intention, this, but i have no problem okay. if you flipped it like because sometimes the list get flipped because of interpretation but that was yeah the way i was intending yes okay because honestly my expectation was that i approached this list completely wrong <laughs> So, <laughs> All right. But the way you're acting it to it, I feel like I'm on the right track. So this is a very interesting list, a very interesting scenario, and I'm excited to dive into it. Um, even though I said I had a hard time putting this together, I do have uh, 
two honorable mentions. I don't know uh, if you do or if you have I got, further I, comments on it. I okay. Have, so you're going to have to do both just so we stay on the right path. But before we get started, um, my first iteration of what a multiverse was, was from DC Comics when they did the series Crisis on Infinite Earths. Right. Okay, so reading that is when I first learned about alternate realities and alternate versions of Batman and all that stuff. So those were tiny glimpses, and then you get to learn more and more about all this other stuff. Um, but that's that was my first iteration as to what a multiverse was. And that, took, that was in the 80s, 84, I think. I could be wrong on the year, but yeah, that was back then. So um, what is your first honorable mention, man? Yeah, so my... <laughs> My first one is kind of a cheat because it doesn't really exist, but it does in my own sort of fan fiction headcanon. <laughs> and I'm calling this right. the <laughs> I'm calling this the gruesome Pokemon fan dimension. And uh, the what essentially I'm thinking about is I've talked on the show how I'm not the biggest Pokemon fan, and a big part of that is because I feel like most Pokemon designs are super lame, uh, just in my personal opinion, because I feel like almost all of them look like creatures that already, already exist. Like, they're not very imaginative or monstrous, you know? Like, you have Pikachu. Pikachu looks kind of like a rabbit. And you have, like, Squirtle, who's like a combination of a squirrel and a turtle. And I'm just, like, sitting here like... I feel like you could be much more creative with your monster designs. But with all that being said, there's a lot of fan art online of like these really gruesome, horrific versions of the Pokemon characters where they're like sure. have like big snarling teeth and red eyes and look like really creepy and evil. And in my own sort of fan fiction headcanon, that's its own universe where you have like the horror Pokemon universe. And that's a that's a universe that's a realm that I really want to go to. <laughs> so <laughs> that's basically what I picked for my first honorable mention. Total cheat, but I feel like it was worth bringing up uh, in this context. So, sure. um, yeah, okay. Um, what is your just to keep us on track? What's your set? Because I only have one honorable mention. So what's your next one? Yeah, my next one is really short, um, and this one's super general, but um, do you remember the TV show uh, Sliders? Yeah. So Sliders was a show, I believe it was on Fox, but I might be wrong, but this is a show that aired in like the late 90s, and it was a sci-fi show that uh, starred, starred uh, Jerry O'Connell, and it was kind of a group of people who had a wormhole machine, and uh, it was one of those sort of lost-in-space scenarios where they went through the worm, wormhole machine and they went to a different version of Earth. And at that point, they were lost. And each episode, they kind of went to a different version of Earth. And uh, the whole thing, they were trying to get back home, like in that really classic lost in space sort of way. And so I just went with the entire series of sliders because sure. every episode you get a glimpse of a different version of Earth, but you never get to explore it vastly enough that you're satisfied and there's like some crazy stuff like there's one episode where like you go to a version of earth where the dinosaurs are still alive but you never like you kind of get that fun adventure but you never get to delve too deeply into any of the versions so that's well, kind did, of why you did get six jurassic park movies so, <laughs> i mean <laughs> But, uh, well, I just use that one as an example because that's one of the episodes I remember the most. But, uh, no, I think that that show is kind of a little bit forgotten. Like, you don't hear it brought up a lot, but it was a really 
fun series um, back when it came out. So I just figured I'd mention that. And that's just kind yeah. of every episode is kind of an alternate timeline in that way. Sliders doesn't come up often. Um, like it doesn't come up. Like I feel like it was a good show. I just don't feel like it comes up as often as it probably could. Yeah. All right. Um, so my next one, my honorable mention is the Terminator, but specifically the future timeline. All um, right. And I say this because you always get glimpses of it, but then they actually did one movie that existed in the future timeline, um, which I didn't think was that bad. It was the one where it was one of Christian Bale and uh, Sam Worthington. I actually kind of enjoyed that one. It's a uh, Terminator Salvation. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they show I don't think we've ever seen enough of the future war. And I'd love and it's always the Terminator coming back. Um, and I'd, I'd really like to see. Let's jump ahead and see what it looks like. I mean, ultimately, I feel like you're going to run into the fact that it's Walking Dead with robots, but let's check it out. <laughs> you know, I mean, it might just be that survival horror thing with robots instead of zombies, but let's see it. I think it'd be kind of fun because, like, you could see how weird the robots actually get. And, you know, like, I think there could I think there's something there. So I, I think this I think this is a great pick. This is one that I didn't think about, but uh, I think you're right on the money. And this is one where. It's almost like I'm kind of torn because you don't know if like because they don't show a lot of future times um, in the Terminator movies. Is that why it's so intriguing, you know, and is it one of those things where it's like they're always leaving you wanting more and that's what makes it so great? Yeah, um, there's something to think about there. But I think this is a great that's a really cool pick. Um, yeah, now, I don't think about that one. I'm going to stress again before someone's like, well, it's a different timeline. The multiverse includes timelines, timeline reality, like alternate <laughs> stuff that exists or parallel to what we are in is what creates the multiverse. So, yeah. And I'll I'll say that my list com is filled with a bunch of really dumb cheats. <laughs> anyway, oh, okay. so. <laughs> cool. Um, with that being said, I could jump into my first pick. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, so the first one I could go, this one's super general, but um, I went with the Upside Down and Stranger Things, which sounds weird because no, we, we see... matched on it. We matched on oh, it. Oh, crazy. Okay, because I was going to say we, see, we do see a lot of the Upside Down, but what I was really thinking is we only see the Upside Down in Hawkins. Yeah. And um, I was kind of thinking, like, what does the upside down look like elsewhere? And if you think of the major cities in the world, like, it'd be really interesting to see outside of Hawkins what it looks like. And is it just as monstrous and weird and uh, overgrown with weird, like, tentacle growths and stuff as Hawkins? Or is Hawkins, like, a major hub for that sort of activity and some of the other areas of the world are a lot more sparse. Um, I think that's a really interesting concept. I kind of also is thinking a little bit about if you've seen the silent Hill movie and you remember how that ends, how you have the yeah. main character. And uh, I think her daughter who go back to their house, but they're still within the silent Hill realm so they didn't truly go home and i i was thinking a lot about that like if you go into the upside down how far could you get lost as you went into the world you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. if anyone heard a weird noise i moved my chair i apologize um <laughs> <laughs> i shifted in my chair and i was like oh man um no the upside down uh what you said is exactly why i put it on my list i the glimpses we get 
you know, like his will's running around in that first season, he's running around in the upside down by himself for a while, you know, and a lot of the other glimpses you get are glimpses. And this is one where it's a very finite alternate reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's you're not seeing the multiple variants so much as you're just seeing one different variant. So like you're flipping upside down and there's the house and that's what that house looks like in the upside down, or that's what the school looks like, or that's what the mall looks like. Um, or that's Vecton's house. You're seeing, um, you're seeing this really horrific, bizarre, desolate world that exists, but what else is out there? Are there other people? Are there civilizations that exist in the, in the upside down? Yeah. You know, like actual civilizations, not just the damaged town that you get to see. I don't know. Like it's the idea is kind of cool. Or is it just monsters trying to break the barrier or, or, and I'm going to roll into a Dungeons and Dragons thing because they talk about it because they pull the upside down from a Dungeons and Dragons manual in the show. But what if the, the upside down is essentially the underdark from the Forgotten Realms? You know, like the idea is like the, it expounds from there. So, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, we matched on the upside down. I just what you said was great. I think that's kind of I didn't expect us to match on that. So, um yeah. No, yeah, I didn't expect to match on that either, but that's pretty cool. Um, so so moving back to you. <laughs> <laughs> moving out of that one, um, I'm going to move into my dumbest pick on the list. <laughs> my okay. silliest and dumbest pick. But I went with the Futurama Cowboy Universe. <laughs> and this right. pick is just based on a joke from Futurama that was just so perfect and hilarious but there's an episode where the futurama crew is in their spaceship and they go to the edge of our universe and when they get to the edge of our universe there's like a little bit of uh kind of like white negative space in between and then another universe starts and uh dr farnsworth is telling like fry and leela and the rest of the crew about how Next to every universe, there's another parallel universe that is just that is exactly the same, except for minor changes. And there's in an infinite amount of different universes out there. And uh, what they're looking at when they look at the other universe is the same ship and the characters staring out the window right back at them. But all the characters are dressed as cowboys. And it's just like a silly, like funny joke. But uh, again, I had trouble putting my list together and this was uh, too good and too silly not to pick. So <laughs> that's the one I went with. No, I hear you. Uh, no, that's too silly and that's perfect. But it's a perfect example of an alternate universe. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Um, and I guess I'm going to go with my silly one. Um do you remember so yeah we'll just knock that out i'll go with my silly one do you remember the show the kids next door yeah yeah codename kicks kids next door yeah that was a great one Kids next door was that nickelodeon or was that uh Uh, cartoon network cartoon Uh, network okay 90 percent sure kids next door had an episode which i thought was phenomenal and i don't know if it was an alternate universe episode or if it was just there or it was just the kids explanation (laughs) But it was the explanation that the kids were always there and they had to create the grown-ups to handle all the stuff that they didn't want to handle because they're kids. <laughs> so the episode actually was shot like a documentary explaining the existence and the or the origin of where grown-ups came from. 
Um, so the kids could continue being kids and not have to deal with the adult stuff that they didn't want to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, it was, it's probably one of the coolest episodes of like a cartoon I've ever seen. Um, and I just wish I knew the title of the episode, but, um, that one made my list just because of the idea that it, uh, in that, um, uh, Lord of the Flies sense that there are no adults and the kids rule the planet. Well, someone's got to take care of this stuff, so we're going to invent grown-ups to handle everything. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. I think you've mentioned this episode before, and I think it's like a really clever, just hilarious concept. So good pick. I don't, I don't, I haven't seen this one, this episode myself, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't, have, I don't have too much to expound on otherwise. Oh, but... Good man. So what do you got for me? Okay, so um. Yeah, I've got, I guess we'll go out of another goofy, silly one into another one that I have. <laughs> I promise my whole list isn't all goofy, silly stuff, but this example is actually the first example that I thought of. And it is from a Simpsons episode that is part of the Treehouse of Terror uh, series. So it's Treehouse of Terror episodes or Treehouse of Terror six. And the episode is called The Third Dimension. And this is the Simpsons Tron parody where Homer finds a magical door behind his uh, bookshelf that leads to a 3D Tron like world. Um, And the whole episode involves like the family as well as like the police end up showing up and stuff. And they're all trying to get Homer out of this uh, three dimensional world that he's been sucked into. And it has these great super dated nineties CG graphics when Homer's in that area. And there's also that great bit where uh, one of the police officers says like, can you describe what you're seeing? And Homer's like, well, it's kind of like, has anybody seen Tron? (laughs) And then around the room, it just goes, no, 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 no. Like every character is saying no until it gets to Chief Wiggums. And he's like, yes, I mean, no. (laughs) But uh, the episode ends with Homer in this weird Tron world being sucked into a black hole and entering the real world, entering like an actual city street. And he looks like the CG animated version of Homer, but he's walking around among real people. And uh, then the credits roll. And uh, I remember watching that. And as a kid, you know, when I was like eight or 10 years old or however old I was, my immediate thought was, damn, I really want to know what happens next. And when you suggested this list, as goofy as a pick of a pick as this is, that's the first thing I thought of was like, I really wanted to know what happened to Homer next. <laughs> so, so that's my next one is the third dimension from The Simpsons. So, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, I you know what? I've never I actually wanted to know what episode this was because I saw the only section of this episode I saw was the part where he was walking around in the real world. Um, oh really as yeah that's, that's like right was, before credits right and that's the part i saw that's why i was like i really want to know what the rest of that episode was but i got pulled <laughs> way too fast to find out and then i never got to find out so i'm really glad you clarified that for me because it's probably on disney plus for me to go look up i so, pretty uh, much summarized all the notable notable moments except there were these weird like uh 3d goldfish that homer interacts with in the sort of tron dimension that he's in but since you do like the tron movies it's definitely something worth watching when you get the chance um yes i do 
Um, so I will check this out. Um, okay, so my next one, this is a series as a whole. It's kind of like you bringing up sliders. Um, and I'm going to bring up the show Stargate as a whole. Nice. Um, I only say that because it's primarily space exploration. And on occasion, there's some time travel stuff. But they do do some really clever alternate reality stuff where, like, there's one version where they go through the gate and they come through... And they explain it away on a science level where, like, if the gate passes too close to, like, a star, um, if the gate path from one gate to the next passes too close to a star, it could potentially cause time travel or it could potentially cause a rift sending you to an alternate reality by mistake. And they have – and you go to a version where um, the aliens that they're battling, the Gould, have taken over the Earth and they're actually, like, had to put everything primarily – they're living out of bunkers – because the earth is being ravaged up up top and there's somewhere like um, multiple versions of the same character will be coming through the gate from different realities. So you're seeing all these different versions of the same character. So like there's one episode, Samantha Carter, one of the main characters, I think there's like 15 different versions of her in the main base trying to help solve the problem because they need to get everyone back to their alternate realities. Stargate did a really nice job of trying to explain some of that sometimes. They did a really cool sciencey stuff the episode with the multiple Samantha Carters, there's a monologue she has where it is so much techno babble science stuff. <laughs> it is, it's crazy to try and keep up with what she's saying. But if you listen to what she says, you're just like, yeah, I'm with you. I was right there the whole time. I get it. <laughs> like, it's it's nuts. But they did some really nice alternate reality stuff in terms of like a big multiversal um, spectrum. So I just wanted to mention the show as a whole. Primarily, it's space exploration, but they did have some really cool nuggets in that sense. So, yeah. nice. Um, but yeah, it's just in terms of filming, though, having fifteen versions of the same character in the same in the in the episode <laughs> at one time, like that's cool. Like having to all be different and all doing different stuff and talking about, you know, that's just a cool like idea in terms of like filmmaking. So, anyway. and I, I'm sure for the actress, it was really. Uh... It was really fun to film that episode. Yeah, as well, it probably so. was. So, um, all right, what do you got for me? What's your next one? Yeah, so my next one, um, I've brought up this comic book arc quite a bit on the show because I just really, really like it. But it's the Batman Superman Vengeance arc, um, which was mm. part of the Jeff Loeb Batman Superman series from like the mid 2000s, I guess. But, uh, you know, he worked with, um, you know, Michael Turner and a couple other artists. But this specific yeah. arc is drawn by Ed McGinnis, who's one of my absolute favorites. But uh, the so the vengeance uh, story arc starts out with Batman and Superman fighting against essentially a parody version of the Avengers. Like they're fighting like an alternate universe version of the Avengers, like all these Marvel heroes, like they have, there's a Viking character who really re uh, resembles Thor. There's a character who's a lot like um, Captain America. There's like a Spider-Man character, but he's has like uh, four arms. So he has like six limbs and stuff. And there's just like, it's kind of like this weird cartoony version of the Avengers, except that superhero team is called the Maximums. And uh, mm -hmm. as yep. you read, I'm going to spoil this arc a little bit, but as you read on, you end up finding that the Maximums, as well as a lot of the other events of this comic, kind of come out of this weird sort of um, cosmic scenario that the Joker and uh, Mix, Mr. Mixelplicked put together because they want to 
kill every version of Batman and Superman on every universe. And you end up finding out that this Maximum team, that's like this parody Avengers team, actually comes from a reality that Mr. Mixelplicked creates. And it's one of those things where since he creates this reality, you don't really get to see much of it. But this is a reality I really want to explore because it was like this big, weird, cartoony Marvel parody universe that DC characters could interact with. And I just thought it was really fun. So essentially, I'm picking the Maximum's reality from the Batman Superman uh, vengeance story arc. Um, Yeah. And otherwise, I just love that story, that story arc, because it's very... I feel like it's very inside baseball. There's a lot of sort of superhero in jokes and stuff, but that whole arc is a love letter to everything superheroes and Batman and Batman and Superman. So I just, I love that arc so much, That's but a, Drew. Yeah. I don't know if you have any comments or what. Well, it's yeah, a really, sorry to really fun arc. And I remember when that, when that arc started, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> Right what am I reading? Like, where have, have we jumped the shark? And as you read on, it just gets, yes, it gets weirder and weirder, but it, you're just like, oh, I see where they're going with this. This is really clever. Um, and yeah, it's definitely one where it's just, it's almost like this tiny little glimpse and then you're back to the DC universe, the regular yeah. DC universe. You know what I mean? So, um, and um, another yeah. part I really love, um, this is a bit of a side note, but how I mentioned that like, Mixelplicked and the Joker were behind all of this. Um, there's a part where in the story where you see the Joker and Mr. Mixelplicked playing hero clicks, <laughs> but they're using like yeah. Superman and Batman and Bizarro, and they have these hero click versions of the characters that they're kind of strategizing with. Like, okay, we're going to put these characters here, and you know, these characters are going to be here. But then there's one of the uh, shots that shows the bottom of one of the hero click figurines. And instead of saying hero clicks on it, it says hero mix like hero, you know, mixel clicked. And I was when I saw that, I was like, they put everything like like I said, this is a love letter to like superhero comics and storytelling. Like they put so many Easter eggs into this arc. It's just so fun. So, yeah, Uh, I forgot about the hero clicks thing. Um, I also, um, like you, not that you're wrong, because I don't there's know if there's any correct way of saying it, but um, you say Mixelplick, and then when they dealt with Mixelplick in the Supergirl and the Arrowverse show, they said it uh, Mr. Mixapitlick. So that is the correct way. That is um, the correct way. Okay. Yeah. So I've, I've I, heard a lot. Once of, I heard them say it out loud, I was like, "That's how you say it, Mr. <laughs> Mixpitlick." <laughs> we, we've, I think we've had this discussion on the show before, but Maybe. I've heard a lot of episodes in. So who knows? We probably have. <laughs> I've heard a lot of fans say Mixelplicked, and to me, that's just easier to say. But no, you're right. Like the correct way is like Mixiaspitlick or something like that. And if you Look at how it's spelled phonetically. It is like mix, yes, piddle, ick, but it's just, I just say mixelplicked because it just rolls off the tongue easier. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, all right. Uh, well, where was I? Okay, that was yours. That goes back to me. So mine's going to be a comic book one again. Um, and that is, this one came out of Zack Snyder's uh, The Batman Who Laughs story arc. I'm not referring to the Batman who laughs because that version uh, Scott Scott Snyder's Scott Snyder, not Zach I think Snyder. you said Zack Snyder. <laughs> I probably did. Scott Snyder, Zack Snyder, you know, 
apples and oranges. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, so Scott Snyder's uh, Batman Who Laughs story arc. Now, the Batman La- Who Laughs, it's a re- the idea of that reality where he essentially is Batman and Batman is the Joker, I guess you could say, in that reality. Yeah, uh, that's a real it's a terrifying character. He's he's such an incredibly gripping character. But there's a character that came out of there that is not from his timeline. It's from a different reality. And that is Batman the Grim Knight. Um, this fascinated the absolute hell out of me because I didn't like I was just like, OK, it's Batman with guns. It's basically what if Batman instead of because, you know, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne sees his parents die. And then he's like, I'm never going to let this happen to anybody else. So I'm going to learn how to fight against people and become Batman and, you know, save the world, that kind of thing. This version, Batman the Grim Knight, is the kid who saw his parents murdered, picked up the gun the robber dropped, and killed the robber, and then turned himself into basically the Punisher, and it's Batman with guns. And he, in the story arc, is helping um, the Batman who laughs achieve his goal. But you get a glimpse into the world that the Grim Knight came from. And it's really interesting when they start talking to the real Batman, the Batman we know about, like, you know, when they bring up the Joker, they bring up the Penguin, or they bring up the Scarecrow, and they bring up these villains, and he's like, I don't have any of those. And the reason he doesn't have any of them is because he probably already killed them before they became the supervillains that they were. Like, he's, like, Scarecrow's starting to do a thing, and he's like, nope, sorry, <laughs> he went after him and killed him. And wow, that yeah. doesn't exist anymore because he took him out. <laughs> So there's this whole parallel universe of this Batman who will kill his villains and doesn't have to deal with it. So his world is a completely different level of shiny and bright because he's protecting a world where, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So that always, that interests me. Some of the artwork of the Grim Knight, if you just Google like Batman Grim Knight, seeing some of the pictures and stuff, the artwork, it's gorgeous. It's some of the coolest Batman artwork I think there is. And it just but the the idea of it just fascinated me as as a Batman fan. But the idea of like just looking at the parallels of that and why certain things in his universe are the way they are when we've been reading about them one way for so long. You're like, well, no, he killed the Joker years ago. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. so before he really became a threat. So he doesn't have to deal with that nonsense, you know, so. Yeah, I was I was Googling some images and I got some cool like there's some cool like almost Punisher vibes with that character and stuff. And uh, it looked really cool. I haven't read any of this uh, like storyline. And I don't know. Is this part of like the Dark Knight's uh, metal like so event and stuff that they did? Dark Dark Knight's metal is the best is the place to start, I guess you could say. Um, If you read Dark Knight's metal, uh, that's where you'll get a lot of it. And then the Batman who laughs has a solo book. And yeah. Um, the Grim Knight also has, uh, I think the Grim Knight might only have like a handful of issues. It's not a lot. Um, yeah. It's like one of those things like, man, I wish you guys would explore that a little bit more just because I think it'd be cool. But yeah. Yeah. I, I always thought that, uh, that whole series looked awesome. And, um, I like, um, Scott Snyder's like earlier new 52 stuff that he did on Batman. So I'll definitely have to check this one out. Yeah. I just haven't, uh, I think it came out at a time where I wasn't super, in the superhero mood, so it's a, definitely a series I want to kind of go back and uh, well, the revisit. Dark Knights, you know? The Dark Knight's Metal, what's really cool about that is that there's a version, and this is the the Dark Knight's Metal is a perfect example for this multiversal conversation because there's a version of Batman 
it's a parallel reality where Batman stole the Flash's Speed Force abilities and became, and he started running around stealing speedsters, <coughs> the their, their speed. <coughs> Excuse me, I swallowed wrong. Um, he started <laughs> he started stealing their speed, but he was killing them and taking their speed, and then killing the next one and taking their speed because he wanted to be the fastest person alive because. If he's faster, he can be more places quickly to deal with all the crime and everything. So, and he calls himself the Red Death. Really cool. Yeah. Um, really cool uh, <laughs> artwork on that. And then they have the Aquaman Batman. They have a Green Lantern Batman. They have like they have a different Batman for each version where he's like, what if Batman became this all the way through? <laughs> origin story of all these. You get to see the origin of all these things. It's it's such a fun story arc. So yeah, Dark Knight's Metal. Check it out because there's all these different parallels and it's a perfect example. For this conversation but yeah anyway nice moving on what is your last one for the night yeah so i've had a pretty big goofy list and uh my last pick is also pretty goofy but i think it's really cool and when it comes to multiverses that we've only had a glimpse of i thought this was a great pick because yeah. i picked the amalgam universe from comic books so this was an event or kind of a weird crossover scenario in i want to say late 90s um that marvel and dc did that was basically this weird crossover universe of both marvel and dc called the amalgam universe and you had characters like dr strange fate who is like a combination of dr strange from marvel and dr oh. fate, fate from dc and if you read yeah. that yeah <laughs> go ahead no because i'm thinking like the 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 I think it was Dark Claw is the Batman Wolverine. Concept. Yeah, Dark Claw was like the coolest one visually, who was like a combination of Batman and Wolverine. So yep. he had the cape and like the dark suit, but he had the Wolverine claws and like the Wolverine ears. And he just looked so badass. But then you had like um, you had Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. That was another one that was fun. There was another comic called uh super soldier that was like kind of a combination of captain america and superman and uh my favorite actually was spider boy which was a combination of spider-man and Superboy. who his main villain was this uh his at least from as far as i read into the arc was uh this uh combination of bizarro and carnage called bizarnage <laughs> which is a really <laughs> fun uh name but I just thought this was a fun event and it really was pretty short lived. Like I feel like all these comics probably only came out over a year or two in the late nineties, but it has that nostalgic, like really delicious nineties art style. And it has, um, you know, we all know and love these superheroes. So it's like a really fun little bit of comic history that I think gets overlooked a lot, but if they did an amalgam sort of like reboot, like I'd be first in line for that. So uh, this was definitely another one that I thought of really early on with this list that I thought was just too perfect to pass up. So, yeah, I forgot about this one, but no, that's a cool one. And I, and like you said, I, I love the dark claw one just because the visually he's the coolest one. So when you're <laughs> Absolutely. reading that story and then they bring up that combination. Yeah. Really cool. Um, all right, so my last one of the night, this is this is another, in my opinion, silly one, but hey, why not? Um, the uh, We're going to talk about the show Star Trek for a change, and that doesn't come up often on the show. <laughs> but Star so, Trek. It's so true. That's actually funny. But, but Star Trek has this thing called the Mirror Dimension. 
um, which is a parallel dimension or parallel reality to the reality that we know is Star Trek. And that's the evil versions of all the characters and everything we know. Okay. So you'll see another Enterprise will show up and like, well, that's the exact ship. And then when they hail them and it comes up on screen, you'll see the evil version of Captain Kirk or the evil version of Spock or Picard or Riker or whoever the characters are. The interesting thing, which they made a joke about in the show Community, is the evil version of these characters in the mirror dimension all have goatees. <laughs> okay? So in Community, yeah. so in Community, when they had the... Um, so when they were talking about the darkest timeline, Abed made everybody like fake goatees to wear. Um, <laughs> That's great. They have but, a joke about that in Futurama as well. Where, okay. uh, so yeah, Bender, there's an evil version of Bender with a goatee, but yeah, keep going. <laughs> uh, in Star Trek, they have, you have to deal with these evil versions of the mirror dimension versions and they all have goatees. So you can see who the, so when they're, when they both have to be on the screen at the same time, you know, which one's the evil version of said character. The, with, I think, and I'd have to double check this, but I think the exception of Riker, because he already has a goatee. So <laughs> but but the, um, what's funny about this, well, what's interesting is you always, they always come into our reality. It's not often you go to the other side yeah. or of the mirror dimension. So I wanted to bring this up because it's one of those classic callbacks to a um, alternate reality multiverse kind of a thing um but what else is out there in the mirror dimension it's something you never get to see so that's why this made my list for the night and i'm kind of glad it i was going to put it further on the list but i'm like no i should save this one for the end so i think it's i think it's a cool pick i think it's um it's obviously left its mark on pop culture like we just talked about two parodies of this concept but there's obviously a lot and there's a lot of uh people i hear joke about it where it's like you have the evil version of so and so and people talk about how that version is exactly the same they just have a goatee um but i feel like a lot of people <laughs> yeah. don't know where that trope comes from so this is a cool bit of uh television and science fiction history um but yeah yeah definitely a good call and uh you talking about this since i myself do have a goatee i'm kind of curious where the good version of myself is <laughs> at this point right. but uh yeah right <laughs> nice pick well what now that uh, we all understand what the multiverse is and we all understand there's several versions of us out there doing other things and I'd love to maybe see which what else is out there. Now like I said, um like they said in Doctor Strange, we get a glimpse of those other realities when we dream. And so your dreams are showing you what your other selves are doing, which means at some point in some version of me is dating Jennifer Lawrence. So, um I will take that for what it is. <laughs> Um, well, my, my, my alternate version has a very hard time running, so that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, running in dreams is difficult, isn't it? <laughs> um, at any rate, uh, Peter, what are we doing next week, man? It's your pick. Yeah, so I, I thought of a cool list, and I was looking back at our episodes, and I don't think we've done this, um, but I've been kind of in a uh, bit of a video game mood. Um, okay. And I thought it'd be fun to talk about our top five favorite video games to go to when it comes to the music in video games. Video so games essentially, yeah, so essentially like your favorite video game soundtracks. Um, and you don't have to limit that to like, like you have Halo that has like a very traditional, more like 
movie soundtrack sort of score to it, but you could also go with something like if you wanted to go with Guitar Hero, for example, like that would be fine as well. I just thought it'd be fun to talk about video game music next week. So, yeah. And again, this is an audio podcast, so it'll be fun to have a conversation about music. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now, we could play the music, but then I don't want our episode to be taken down. So because of, yeah, anyway. Uh, copyrights and all that nonsense so video game scores that's actually kind of cool we have not talked about that when it comes to video games so absolutely cool all right man well let's toss this episode in the can and call it a night shall we yeah um so everyone do us all a favor check out our website top5report.com there you'll find links to all of our social media twitter and facebook along with the email top5report at gmail.com you can hit us up on the email social media either way it works um we are on uh, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Um, you can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review, which we love those five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter, what about you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I'll be revealing that aliens are actually just people from the future who are stuck in big head mode. <laughs> that was a reach of a, there was a lot going on in that. All right. Everybody for the top five report. I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>